Let's do it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Southern Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 190 of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, the giant organ, Morgan Richards. <laughs> yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. And okay, uh, I was not. born, uh, I have lived, I will surely die. But the important wait, 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 no, 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 no. If you carry on doing these fucking puns each and every week, you are going to fucking die. Because one day we're going to have to do these intros in the same room. And that day is a day that you start and then everybody is a... Ah, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, that's true. But the importance of this episode uh... is crystal clear to me. <laughs> this week's guest is... I've got to give you more energy than that because I'm happier than that, right? Morgan, fuck you and your puns, right? This week's guest is Gustav Wood of Good Friends and fantastic, amazing UK rock band Young Guns. Yes, finally, it's happened. Young Guns are back. He's on the podcast. We got the exclusive. And trust me, this one is worth the wait. Gustav is one of our favorite people on the planet. Young Guns are a band who mean a lot to both of us in different ways. And there's a lot to unpack here. Ever since the band seemed to disappear in 2017, there's been a lot of questions from fans on their status, the future, if they'd broken up, and just really what was going on after a streak of silence online. Well, this past week, Young Guns made their triumphant return, playing two shows at the Fighting Cox in Kingston and 2000 Trees Festival. And after endless requests from listeners, we saw it time to reunite with Gus and give him a platform to tell us everything. This conversation is completely honest, transparent, a little bit emotional, and you're going to hear everything about what's been going on behind the scenes for the last five years, why they've been so quiet, if anything is going to happen next, his time away from the band, and everything else. And Sean, I know their set 2000 Trees was just a very wholesome experience for us, getting to see them back together on stage in a completely packed tent. Yes, I could not wait for them to go on. And then when they came on, just seeing them, literally seeing the smiles in their faces. And I remember just seeing Simon, the bassist, walk out looking happy as fuck. All I could think is, fucking right on, boys, right on. And then everybody sang along. Everybody was bouncing about. I had a bit of a moment when I nearly did a cry. I think it's what everybody needed, to be honest. There, I think... um, the boys, the Young Guns boys needed it. As you can tell, they seemed very, very happy with it. And I think everybody left that tent tired because they gave more energy than Gustav could have asked for. Like, after spending years and years watching them grow originally, like in 2008, 2009, and all those things when we toured together as well with the Blackout and Young Guns, we did the Kerrang tour, we'd see each other about everywhere, we'd see each other 
in foreign festivals and have a laugh and we just loved touring with them. We always had a great time with those boys. They were always loads of fun. Getting Gavin Butler and Simon Mitchell together to drink alcohol is a mad, mad <laughs> experience. And who knows where that could end up at any point. So, yeah, it was oh. fucking great to see him and great to see him smiling and happy and great. Absolutely fucking fantastic. Well done, young guns, for being back. I hope you listen to this. I love you all very, very, very much. Yes, it was a pleasant experience all around. I think so many people were absolutely buzzing to see the five of them back on stage. And a massive thank you to Gustav for trusting us and doing this podcast and giving us really the exclusive and talking about a lot of these things in the public for the first time. And just a massive thank you to 2000 Trees Festival for a wonderful past week. We just put out a bonus episode of everything we got up to during the festival, which you can go and check out now. And of course, tickets for the 2023 edition are now available via Dice and at 2000treesfestival.co.uk forward slash tickets. But without any further ado, let's go straight into it. This is the beautiful Gustav Wood of Young Guns on episode 190 of Sapling Podcast. 190! That's not why I did that. Um, oh yeah, if um, yeah, if anybody from the darts is listening and you need anybody to do, <laughs> Sean, you require forty-seven. Anyway, I won't go into it now. Yeah, we maybe might, might do this advert later. Anyway, you're uh, fucking guests from Young Guns, fucking tidy. Lots of swearing from me. Then I'm very sorry. Sapnin, Sapnin. I've lost my mind with excitement. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sapnin! 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 Sapnin, sure. Yeah. I've got to be allowed to say it, <laughs> This week's guest is frontman, singer, songwriter... And a guest we have been <laughs> nagged to get, <laughs> and I swear on mine and Morgan's lives, we have been trying. We finally pinned him down here at 2000 Trees Festival. That's right. And in the words of Aaron Lewis from Stained, it's been a while. Ladies and gentlemen, Gustav Wood of Young Guns. Hello. Yes, I completely confess it is entirely my fault. <laughs> I was doing a Boris Johnson. I was being a greased pig. I was <laughs> away from you guys. It's actually been kind of funny. I've, I obviously love you guys. We've known each other for so long. 
but it was a bit of a the state that Young Guns has been in is kind of there's so many unanswered questions internally that mm. it was hard to answer questions externally. Yes, if, yeah. no, no, if that makes no, any no, sense. No, it's, it so. make, it, no, no, it makes complete sense. Yeah. And, um, but I'm just glad we could do this now in person, get together and have a, a nice chat, man. Yeah, it's I, lovely to see you, boys. Yeah, it has been a while. But how are you doing? How are you feeling being at a festival and playing shows again? Uh, it's great. Uh, it's really surreal. It's been a year. I mean, obviously, apart from anything else, of course, because of the pandemic and all that kind of stuff, I haven't even been to a festival in a couple of years, right? So it's weird just to be at one, but I'm really happy to be A, at a festival full stop, but B, playing, because it has, it's been long enough, well, it's actually been five years since mm, Young Guns have played wow. a show, which is, which surprised me, let alone anyone else. <laughs> um, so it feels amazing. I am a fairly cynical person. I wasn't sure how these shows would go um, in, in a number of different ways, but it was just fucking amazing, man. I just, it, it's, it's amazing how alien it felt, but also like completely normal immediately. You know, the first note rings out and you're like, oh yeah, okay. So, so <laughs> thankfully some muscle memory kicked in. We had a really good time. Me and the boys love being uh, together again. Seeing people uh, singing along after all this time was it was really something. That tent was fucking rammed. Oh, it was, it was class, fucking class. Man. Everybody was jumping up and down and singing along and it cheering. It was fantastic. I, I'm just, just before we were on the stage, it's like, I'm not going to go and look at how many people are there. I don't want to know because, <laughs> you know, whoever's there, it will be great. But of course, the ego wants it to be full. And <laughs> yeah. you never yeah. know after a period of time away if that's going to be the case. So, uh, man, it was literally amazing. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. You had missed a beat. Like yes. you had, it's like you hadn't been away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people were so grateful. Literally all throughout through the day, all I heard was buzz about, yeah, I can't fucking oh, wait. Oh, that's young, so nice. Can't wait yeah. to see Young Guns. So. Yeah, I was talking to a lot of friends and stuff that like, I used to go to gigs with back like 10 years ago and they were just feeling like seeing you guys again was a trip down memory lane just it's so nice to see you all back on the stage together again and, and doing this yeah it's definitely a power like a powerful nostalgia element and i mean even for a while i kind of wrestled up with that i was like well do i do i want that you know do I, it, we obviously spent so long working so hard on the band i'm like am i content to have it be like a nostalgia thing uh and then in the end i was like you know i just need to get out my own fucking way a little bit like it's just it's cool to be in a band it's fun to play shows whatever man let's just go and have fun you know well, so. yeah we were talking about this with St. Agnes earlier when we did the live one we were talking about basically we were talking about like lack of money in the business or whatever yes. but the, that half hour to an hour on stage is the best such a good feeling that it almost makes the fact it almost makes the fact that none of us have ever made any money worthwhile <laughs> yeah but that's why we kind of do it because we love that fucking thing but and, uh, to see you all come on and just to see the smiles on your face like yesterday I said to somebody yesterday that after I watched you, I felt like crying, right? Because I could see how happy... Either you're all fucking brilliant... Fantastic lions. Yeah, that's yeah. it. You're all going to win Oscars next year, or you're all genuinely happy, because fucking... I saw Simon come on, he was beaming, and yeah, I instantly man. was like, yes! Yeah. Fucking right. And everyone looked happy all the way through it, and fucking... Ben was just up and down on his throne now of and course, again. Yeah. <laughs> Back yeah. where he belongs. <laughs> yeah, it was class, but yeah, but he, but even little touches like that, having Ben coming back from the states to do this, I'm sure is just there's been a lot of external questions, as you said, but to just see the reaction you've had these last two shows now, I'm sure it just feels so good to, to do it the way you have yeah it does it does feel really good and I think if we were going to do it we were pretty set on the idea of it being like all five of us and obviously these shows let's you know let's remember that we were supposed to do these shows in fucking 2020 yeah. so they were it was rescheduled and rescheduled and rescheduled again and, and they just began to feel further and further away and like they would never happen so when it kind of finally came to be that we were going to do them I think we were just like yeah we, we've got to do it you know and like you say man it's it, I recognize almost everybody in the crowd, you know, whether it was friends of ours from other bands who were giving us their time, which was awesome, or just people that have grown up as fans of our band and seeing them, you know, older and having their lives moved on and the ways they've grown up and changed. They're still here singing Young Guns songs. It's just like, it is, I think it's interesting what you said about St. Agnes. It is a privilege. And I think you can forget how... A, how lucky we are to do this and B, how cool it is. You can forget that because it is a stress, you know, when you're working all the time and you're essentially not making any money and it's a stressful industry at the best of times. But yeah, you, you get to walk on stage and everything else evaporates. And it, we went skydiving like two days, so two days 
Wednesday. We went yeah. skydiving like yeah. three days ago. What? Yeah. Um, it was for John's birthday. We threw him a kind of a surprise birthday and we did skydiving. <laughs> oh, we threw him out of a plane. Yeah, yeah. For John's birthday, we threw him out of a plane. With the help of a professional. Um, and I fell out the plane and it's, it's obviously terrifying. Um, but there's this moment when nothing else in the universe is existing in that moment of time other than what's happening to you because it's so intense. And actually that's kind of what being on stage is, is like. You're right. It's... It's, a ve- it's just a real simple moment where it's just about a feeling and a connection you have and, and just you're not thinking about the bills you have to pay or, or if you are you're probably not doing the right thing but yeah it was it was I mean it was just a dream honestly it's been a really surreal week no, but it's been fantastic it's been good to see you all back at it but I mean there's been so many questions from Young Guns fans yes. over these last few years just not really knowing what was going on with the band because as you said you haven't played a show since 2017 obviously you you had the pandemic in the middle of that but there just seemed to be a lot of question marks around the band in general a lot of people had thought you'd broken up but you hadn't really posted anything as well i mean can you just kind of talk through what has been the situation of the band over these last few years what's actually been going on well i think I think you are right in that the pandemic played a part or, or rather the pandemic happened at a point in time when we were all already kind of distant doing a separate things and that obviously exacerbated that um but we to kind of rewind the clock a little bit 2017 we dropped the last record or i think we dropped the record in 2016 then we finished touring in t- end of 2017 and we'd been touring i mean you know we were playing shows with you guys in 2008 2009 when we first started and we'd been playing you know pub shows with different lineups and stuff for a couple of years before that so by the time 2017 rolled around we'd essentially been on tour for 10 years eight or nine years pretty solidly mm. um a lot of time overseas because america was a big concern for us at a certain point so i think frankly everyone was just really burnt out and i think we'd reached a point where we were doing things that i don't think we were really that proud of or we weren't doing things in the right way we, we weren't i think it's a financial thing we weren't actually we didn't have time perhaps to work on the last record as much as we had wanted to so it's a bit of a rushed release and i don't think we were really ready to release the record but we had we had to that happened in a time when we maybe weren't getting on that much i think also because we've been traveling so much we were all pretty burnt out we'd all gotten older of course and you know people have relationships and all these other things that that come into play and maybe it's not that easy to go away for 10 months out of the year anymore well yeah that's the thing people don't realize it's like the five of you are just living in each each other's pockets for like yeah. nine months at a time you've seen each other like every day it's easy to fall out with people yeah like and and it can it can even be a bit more kind of it doesn't necessarily have to be like this nuclear f- fallout where you're kind of screaming at each other or fighting it can just be like it, it's not harmonious anymore yeah. you know it doesn't you're just not having a good time and i think frankly we were just super burnt out so we decided to take a break um it, it, we didn't really put like a time limit on it but in that period me and john said okay well look we're going to continue writing because we love to write that's just you know if we're not writing songs we feel a bit like we don't know what we're doing so me and john sat there writing a young guns album um, with the idea being that we would release the fifth record when everyone had had this period of time off that period of time kind of got longer and longer um and me and john ended up having i think at this point we've got like 70 or 80 songs oh, wow. uh, which is just madness so we were sending songs to the guys and kind of early discussions were happening and frankly i think we we just reached a point where it seemed like not everybody really wanted to be doing it whether it was because they had other jobs or careers that had taken off or what i think for some people more than others the the desire to go back out and play shows and hustle you know and be away all the time and all the kind of less glamorous aspects of it i don't really think that was speaking to them anymore um but because we never had like a concrete conversation about is the band finished is it not finished it was a it was more of like a win not right now you know yeah. well, um, did you not have that conversation because because it might be awkward or because that you still had the f- the passion in you to want to do it and like you didn't want to cure it to was final then yeah well i think uh, you know i want to be careful in in that I've had a really nice time with guys. I think we really connected. It was really lovely. And I certainly don't want to say anything that's going to make them feel, you know, there's no finger pointing here. But I think 
people's desires were in different places and I don't think anyone wanted I don't think anyone wanted to stop the band but I don't necessarily think they wanted to commit to the band either um, and that that was difficult because my desire was just I want to still go and do this thing so that was that was really quite difficult also we're five guys and so we just don't communicate <laughs> like, yeah. emotionally stunted yeah. Uh, so honestly it was a bit of, the reason we never really communicated to like like public facing with any kind of clarity is because I didn't really have any fucking idea what was going on and to be honest I don't really think anyone any of us did so it was just I I I wanted to put something out that was like look Young Guns is finished or Young Guns is continuing with a new lineup or whatever it was going to be but we kind of just never really addressed it and it kind of became a bit toxic for a little while not in a not in a like we still would hang out but we just wouldn't speak about this elephant in the room and what's been really nice now is that enough time has passed now that we are just really I think having a good time being together again and obviously we've played these shows now and so naturally questions appear as to well all right, mm. what are you doing now then yeah. you know, can we talk about it now um, so uh, with regards to the status of the band moving forward it is still a little bit anyone's guess I think I think our desire at the moment is to take it very easy okay. um, we have lots of new material should we choose to release some and I think some of it is really good but I'm not going to commit to saying that we are going to do that. Um, okay. I, I would like to put some new music out and I would like to play some more shows and maybe those things will happen. Okay. It's, it's probably about as concrete as I can be at <laughs> yeah. this point. Will we ever go back to touring for 10 months out of the year and all that kind of stuff? It's probably unlikely okay. in this band. Yeah, but We shall see. So it's more that you guys are back, but it's just picking and choosing what you want to do when if it feels right kind of thing rather than yeah. going back on that old full throttle I think, mentality I think if it's going to be anything it will probably be a different approach which is very much yeah we'll play some shows every now and again we can do some bits and pieces I would like I would love that um, and if people out there want to come and see us play shows then you know yeah. I w- that would be awesome they do yeah, <laughs> they do, they do. They well really uh, yeah do. but you know I'll be honest I didn't think they fucking did so <laughs> um, I, I was every every busy show we ever played I was always surprised and that certainly hasn't changed um, but it is amazing to see that there is an appetite there still um, and it's just I mean I'm very happy it's fantastic nice. it's good it's really good to see what would you say was the uh, the catalyst for you guys to actually do these shows again because uh, as you mentioned you're supposed to do some anniversary dates at festivals in 2020 was there a conversation or a moment before and all you, of that had you, had you rehearsed for those already for those no, shows or no we hadn't okay. rehearsed for those already no uh, i mean we only had like three rehearsals for these ones, so. <laughs> well originally essentially what happened was that it was going to be 10 years of the first record uh, all our kings are dead um and that so that would have been 2020 and so we said, okay, well, let's do like an anniversary tour of the first time. We'll play the, play the album in full, and then we'd like do, you know, hits, like. some songs at the end or whatever, right? So that would have been, I think that would have been a lot of fun. And that was the plan. And then that was 2020. That got pushed back to 2021. And then we were like, okay, well, it's not a 10-year anniversary. Anymore, so, <laughs> okay, fuck it. We'll just play anyway. Um, and then it, the shows that we were going to do, because we were going to do Slam Down the Trees and I think one or two other little bits and pieces. Then they got pushed to twice last year because Slam Dunk was going to be in April and then it ends up being in September um, and then Ben had his baby Jolliffe had his baby um, in September so we couldn't do Slam Dunk um, and then it was like okay let's not let's not make these shows that we are going to do now anniversary shows let's just play songs and then if we do some stuff later in the year perhaps that will be 10 years of the second album so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. nice well what did you um, yeah in that period you've had off um, I know you did like songwriting for other people and stuff yeah. as well and yeah that's can you right talk to us about that uh yeah sure i um that just reminds me i completely forgot to get my manager guest list oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> sorry dude sorry well. um <laughs> my bad uh yes yeah, so well because i i enjoy performing absolutely but the thing i always loved was the songwriting process um i thought i was better at the songwriting process than the performing i had to really work at the performing thing and so it kind of was, it was actually an accident. I was, um, me and John, we wrote the majority of the music, certainly in the past couple of years, and just felt like a logical extension to, to start writing for other people. Um, and I bumped into somebody that we used to work with back in the day, 
guy called Will Blake. Uh, he, run, he works, uh, he runs a songwriting collective, producer collective. Um, and he's like, look, I always liked your songwriting. What, do you want to just get in the room with some kind of, some more pop stuff? And I said, yeah, sure. So that was really fun. It's the, the, just like being in a band, the highs are really high and the lows are really low. You know, I take things very personally. So if you write a good song in a room with someone, you think, oh my God, I'm fucking fantastic. This is great. <laughs> and if you write a bad song, you think, I'm a fraud. I am shit at everything. And this is all my fault. So that was really enjoyable, but could be quite painful. So sometimes it's like, why have I gone back into this bit of it? But uh, yeah, so a lot of songwriting, which is really good. But then um, me and some friends of ours over the pandemic started a creative marketing company. Wow. Um, and that's ended up doing quite well, which has meant that I had to kind of dial back the songwriting, just primarily focus on that. So I was kind of my quote unquote real job I suppose now is creative marketing nice yeah yeah. nice, nice. but speaking of those uh, songwriting sessions yeah. I want to ask you is it true you had a, a writing session with Duran Duran uh, yeah um, it's really strange how this one came about um, okay so I don't know what I'm allowed to say and what I'm not allowed to say so I'll just say it all um, two of the guys from Duran Duran John Taylor, funnily enough, uh, and Nick Rhodes were or, were or are or have been writing uh, a musical. Um, and I think it's been a bit of a passion project for them. Uh, they've been doing it for years on and off. Obviously, Duran Duran kind of still play shows and do things like that. So I got asked to go in and just kind of demo up. They were, they were essentially writing the whole musical like as if they were recording an album. Um, and I got asked to go in for a day or two and... and cut some vocals and it kind of evolved a little bit more I went back in for a chunk of sessions ended up kind of singing like the lead kind of character in in the musical oh, wow. just on this kind of recorded version yeah. of it which was a really unusual experience <laughs> um, actually a lot of fun yeah did you yeah. sing talking did you have to be like <laughs> yeah. I'm going over here no. yeah. <laughs> it, well, it, I always would think of the uh, the Simpsons you know Dr. Zayas yeah <laughs> 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 He can talk. I can sing. You know? <laughs> um, so it was like that, essentially. Yeah, nice. That's what that is. What it was. Um, yeah, it's cool, man. Like a, a, a different experience. Uh, you know, thespianess. It can feel a bit kind of wanky. Well, that's it? what I was gonna say. Like, so does that mean in the future you might be? in something like that or involved um, I don't know say? is the honest answer okay. um, I honestly don't know I don't know what's happening with that I, I mean that was a few years ago now and I don't think that I don't have any involve, any more involvement with it I don't know if they're still doing it yeah. um, it was really cool and if they do do it obviously good luck to them but I was thinking about it at the time and I think I would have just felt like a bit of a twat on stage to be honest <laughs> with you so I'd yeah. much, you know it's you, you have to be able to abandon yourself or, or you're kind of a uh, pretense I think if you're going to act and do all that stuff and yeah. I'm not sure it's got to be a me. magical moment though when you think like like when you started and you brought out all our kings are dead and stuff and then all of a sudden Duran Duran <laughs> want to work with you that's like, really for peculiar. me that would be fucking strange like that would yeah, be super surreal and I mean obviously they're incredibly talented they, they've had so much success and they were really complimentary and that obviously felt really nice so it's 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 really cool man yeah it was it was a very weird experience but it was cool I mean I've had a lot of weird experiences and that kind of just was it's pretty up there yeah. with them well do, is there anybody else that you wrote songs with that we might know or that you did them for uh, or? So most of the songwriting that I did was kind of for developing artists that are just signed to majors kind of young uh acts that they were basically kind of putting in a room with a load of rights to build a body of work so I don't know if you would have heard of oh, any cool. of them um, but it was a lot of fun it's obviously a different world writing pop stuff and you know in Young Guns I mean we wrote Bones took us like six months you know and these pop guys they write a song in nine hours you know and that's a, although that is fun it is quite challenging and it's not always it's quite an ex odd experience writing for somebody else because you want to be proud of it but it's also not your song so it can be quite complicated figuring out what your barometer is. It's like, do I have to be proud of it? Does that matter? Mm, yeah. You know? But if I'm not proud of it, I don't like it. So yeah. it can be quite kind of weird and confusing. And working with other artists is quite weird because, I mean, I worked with one artist, I won't say who it was, but I worked with one artist that wanted to write a song about a family member of theirs that had passed away, but they didn't want to write any of the lyrics mm. or the music. So I was like, okay, well, that's not my place to say this. I maybe I wasn't good enough as a writer to be able to step into that but I didn't feel comfortable doing that so it's kind of can be weird yeah. it can yeah. be weird yeah. well, you mentioned Bones there and we've never spoken about it but it was used as the Wrestlemania yeah. was it, it was Wrestlemania theme it was wasn't it yeah. yeah 
how did that come about <laughs> how was that for you uh, yeah because that's a that's a big sports thing that's yeah. a very big sick sports of thing. fellas with neck beards bear in mind we love wrestling we of are course the, yeah. we are the pride fans so I grew up I mean you know when I was a little boy Legion of Doom stuff like that I was obsessed <laughs> with wrestling when I was a kid how did that come about well we'd written we'd written Bones we wrote it in Thailand the whole album or we recorded it in Thailand sorry we came back we released it in the UK and Europe toured it for six to eight months and then we ended up signing a deal with an American label uh, called Wind Up and they are kind of very radio focused in, in, in the, the acts that they sign and, and, and kind of the process that they have to push those acts so we ended up doing a lot of work in America when we, to push the first single Bones um, and a single campaign in the UK is what four weeks six weeks Bones was a, like a 51 week single wow. campaign it's a year yeah. Fuck yeah. a year and a single and of course you know hundreds of thousands of dollars spent on all that yeah. kind of stuff so we did maybe six or seven like radio tours and when I say radio tour what I mean is going to radio stations in America and at first time we would tour and we'd be playing in the canteen to the staff you know and then we'd go back again and we'd be on like graveyard shift and then we'd go back again and be doing acoustic set and it would be like drive time and you know you kind of build the single like that and if people were obviously enjoying the single so we had we were kind of having some momentum in America which was great and WWE just reached out and said look we, we love this song we think it's really going to fit with Wrestlemania we'd love to have uh the song as the kind of one of the two or three I think kind of main songs of the event it's like us Diddy P Diddy and uh, <laughs> of course you know well you can't talk about yeah. well, uh, bringing up is, of course yeah. Yeah. you can't Best talk mates. about Young Guns bringing up P Diddy of course yeah. um, so that was obviously amazing and we thought oh, well we're going to be rich yeah. and they were like oh no you don't get paid oh. <laughs> there's no pay yeah. um, but joking aside that was obviously a huge thing it was big for exposure and it was just a thrill to be a part of something of that size. We were actually in New York at the time, and the event was being held, uh, WrestleMania was at the MetLife um, across the water in New Jersey. And we're like, we're actually gonna go to WrestleMania, this is incredible, we're gonna hear our song, like it's gonna be amazing, maybe we'll even perform, just assuming. There was 200 guest list spots, and actually P. Diddy took them all, so we can go. And we said, oh, okay, yeah. well, we'll go watch it in a bar pay-per-view event or something. And there are you can't show pay-per-view events in bars in Manhattan, apparently. So we ended up having to, and I probably shouldn't admit this, but we ended up having to stream it illegally on a laptop <laughs> in New York, just watching it. So it wasn't quite the uh, well, yeah. The thing is, you can't, get you can't get in trouble for that because that's P Diddy's fault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's P Diddy's fault. Yeah. So if anybody's got any problems with that, get in touch with Puff Daddy Sixty Nine <laughs> at Hotmail.com. Good. Wow. Yeah. Um, Two, who's asking for two? Well, Puff Daddy, obviously, but 200 guests. Sean, Sean Coombs. Yes, Sean Coombs. <laughs> Fucking Got a lot of friends. So. Wow. Uh, but that was fun. I mean, then, you know, with the, with the benefit of having some hindsight and some time between all of those experiences, even the kind of silly things are so amazing yeah. to have experienced yeah. and gone through. Would, um, did you see, after Bones was used on WrestleMania, did you see like a big influx more of streams or things list people listening to it it's i don't i don't know i don't know if i'd be able to tell you what was attributed to wrestlemania because i think at that point the single had just gone to number one on rock radio over there so nice. everything was just yeah, going yeah, yeah, mental yeah, and course. so it was just this collective moment of like madness which again was you know what what, what, what how fortunate i am to have had that but yeah so, so i don't know if um we have it helped yeah. yeah I'm sure it helped yeah. but yeah. I wouldn't be able to tell you in what way well I wanted to talk about that whole American period for the band as well because for those years it did seem that you had a lot of time over there and that you didn't really get a chance to tour anywhere else really because stuff was going crazy on there and you mentioned those radio tours sometimes you're playing four or five different stations in different states in the same day did it ever become quite daunting in that extent did it ever become maybe that you'd have to move over to america to to try that or was it just an opportunity you really wanted to try i mean what, yeah. what was that period like well i think that's actually when i look back on it i think that's one of the things probably that began to cause 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Some stresses within the band because we were spending an awful lot of time in America and we had to because of the nature of, like I say, the single campaigns, the length, the amount of work you have to do in order to promote something over there because it's so big. But what that meant was that we began to neglect the UK and Europe and we had been up until that point in the moment when things were really growing really well we were having having some small success over here and it felt fantastic we were building something um, and then we kind of that all just kind of got put on pause mm. for America and I think some people found that harder than others and on reflection probably wasn't necessarily the right idea because I do think that we lost some momentum over here that we then weren't really able to recover so that was a really I was thrilled to be over there and I I have family there my brother lives there um, and my dream was always to kind of to move there so I, I in that moment I think there probably some of us were considering it and there were conversations about it but half of the band had obviously you know lives here that had to be tended to and so that we didn't make that full shift to, to being over there permanently but I do think we neglected the UK and Europe too much and I think that really hurt us in the long run. Um, a, in terms of our progression as a band, but also B, like internally, I think kind of the boat was rocked at that point and we never quite steadied it after that. We'd just signed a major label deal over here. We'd gone from an independent to, uh, to Virgin and they were kind of putting lots of money in to go with this fancy producer and that fancy producer. And there were some decisions that were made at that point that probably weren't the right decisions so the album was delayed by six months um, and so once we lost that momentum we just never really recovered it in the same way so that was a, a really exciting time being in America I mean the day we found out we had the number one single we literally woke up at six in the morning because we'd driven overnight to go see the Grand Canyon so we woke up in our bandwagon at 6.30 in the morning by the tour manager going oh we've just got the news you're number one so we got up and we went and looked out at the Grand Canyon with having been told that 10 minutes before. And things like that are just, you know. What a fucking moment. Like, yeah, yeah you, like, couldn't, you couldn't write it. Like, you couldn't. Yeah, and, and so. beautiful. That was absolutely fucking amazing. Um, and we had countless, you know, st- stupid stories and hijinks and, and also just amazing shows and all the cool stuff that we were able to do over there. But I think that that's, Young Guns kind of split in terms of our, we became two different bands the American Young Guns and the UK mm. and European Young Guns and those two never really kind of got back together and that hurt us I think okay that's yeah. fair but while we're taking a trip down memory lane I really wanted to just get your thoughts on those early days and especially being a band in the scene at that time the UK alternative just kind of scene in itself was such a thriving it was, experience yeah. it was so many bands at that time we would all tour together and just sharing the love and you don't see too many of them now still around. What was that time um, just like for you coming coming up and, and being able to connect with so many bands and make friends with them? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, obviously, first off, it was, um, it was fantastic. And I, it felt like there was something happening. You know, we would play our shows, Krang Tour and all that kind of stuff. And 
we were just friends with loads of bands who were all really fucking good and all were kind of having success and that was like a really exciting time i mean we played i think our second or third ever show with deaf havana for example and we stayed close with them and kind of both bands did their thing and Kids in Glass Houses, you guys, there was, so, I mean, you and me are six, hundreds of bands, yeah, you know, yeah. um, and that was really, really exciting, man. I mean, it was just, what a charmed point in time, you know, just kicking it at festivals and being idiots and <laughs> getting into scrapes and playing shows and just having an amazing time. I wish, I wish I'd been a little more present. Um, that seems to be a recurring factor in all of these bands, uh, all the bands we've spoken to have got back together. Or have been doing it a while. That seems to be a thing now about, yeah, in that moment, I wish I was more present. Because I wish I was just kind of absorbed it a little more as opposed to just drinking another Jager bomb or whatever <laughs> we were doing, you know? Of course, that, you know, it's, it, that's what hindsight is. You look back and go, oh, yeah, now I understand. Of course, that's, that's the way the entire universe works. But, you know, it was an amazing point in time. Um, and it did feel like there was a moment, there was that, you know, we, our friends were on Kerrang! magazine covers every week it was cycling for Mad, everyone now? it's crazy <laughs> yeah. it? it's like we were all just hanging out we were all just people in bands just trying to have a laugh and yeah. just trying to do this yeah. and then we were like oh here we are we're all on a cover uh, of a rock sound yeah. we're on a and I thought quite relatively speaking quite ego free all things considered everyone was like really nice like so many good friends from bands from that point in time that I'm still friends with now but yeah it was it was definitely a moment um I wish I'd been a little more present. That's that's. I just wish yeah. I'd been a little more present. In no, it, that's you know? fair. That's fair. Well, I guess this is a kind of open question to the both of you. But obviously, those like late two thousand, two thousand and ten bands was what I grew up on. You both know this. I went to your show so yeah. many times growing up, meeting friends and everything. And as I mentioned, there's not a lot of those acts still around now. Obviously, no. you've got people like Bring Me the Horizon, Yumi Six, Death of Honor still doing really well, but there isn't a Kids in Glass Houses, Lower Than Atlantis, We Are the Ocean, right, yeah. as they go on. Yeah. What do you think really happened there with so many bands couldn't continue? I feel like there was the, the lucky few you obviously all worked very hard but is there anything just kind of looking back reflecting on that you guys kind of feel was a was a turning point there or, or kind of separated yeah I, I don't because there was this, suddenly there was that period where bands just started to fall away yeah. um, I don't know if that's a case of the kind of people's appetites for that kind of music and like general tastes were changing and so people perhaps weren't as into that kind of music anymore or was it internally, you know, if you're a band for X amount of years, obviously things inevitably start to happen. You maybe aren't on the same page creatively, like, like I don't know. Um, but, you know, it's a charmed life and we're speaking about all the cool stuff you do, all the cool shit you do. It's amazing. But, you know, the elephant in the room is that it's very, very hard to make money. You know, <laughs> yeah. that yeah. is the honest truth of it. And I don't know if people really comprehend how difficult it is or just how little money there is in it until you get to a certain level you know and even now the people that get to that certain level whether you look at the kind of top pop stars it's like then it's not even enough just for them to be a pop star anymore they have to be a brand you know whether it's across social media or their platform that they use you know it's yeah it's so much more multifaceted now because the music has become less and less important really um so look it's really hard to say that that was a straight like the kind of there was a bit of a, a death of bands in a certain period. And I, honestly, I don't know why. Probably a mix of getting older, tastes are changing. The industry has changed a lot. I mean, we talk about Kerrang! magazine, all of those Bibles that we read growing up. And, you know, it's hard to find them. Do, are they even in print anymore? I don't think so. It's mostly online, right? So it's just a, a real time of change, I think, for music in general. And some bands managed to make it through the kind of blade as it went up and down and some people didn't and I think that's just kind of that's the way it goes sometimes I suppose but some great bands in that time no of course really, oh, yeah, really yeah. Well, it's just yeah it's just a one like I, every time I reminisce about those things now <laughs> I'm just like it's fucking mad that like we because we all kind of got to a great level and none of us thought we'd ever get to but we all our friends did it it was yeah. mad so we went from like oh we're all playing like fucking 80s capacity shows together and next minute we're all doing like two and a half thousand in different venues going fucking hell we're all doing it yeah. it's just <laughs> amazing isn't it yeah. it was so good and what a treat you know going to see your mates play shows like Brixton or The Forum or Shepherd's Bush Empire or I mean 
it was an amazing time. It really was an amazing time. I, I don't... I kind of... After Young Guns kind of went on this strange period of hi- hiatus, I guess, I actively stopped listening to music. I found it quite difficult. Okay. So I stopped looking at what kind of contemporary or young up-and-coming bands were doing here in the UK. I I just had to go away from it, you know, because I found it quite traumatic. So I don't know if that... I don't know... Is that... Is that happening now with... I I would say it's not to the scale of as it was in those earlier years. There are some great bands... Because there are some great UK bands around, for sure. There's a lot of bands who are touring together and have that togetherness but it it doesn't to me it doesn't feel the same as what i was growing up with and what i was discovering music with and stuff like that but again some great bands and everything but it, it just felt like those earlier years in particular felt like a very very special time because there was so much talent and you were all able to mix up those lineups you know you were tall together and it didn't make it, it wasn't worried if it made sense or not yeah no, no, it didn't. Yeah, we, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, it's not like we all sounded like each other, but it still would just work because we, I hate to use the word, but it was a scene, I suppose. Yeah. We were lucky enough to be part of a scene. Yeah. Well, we're, as you mentioned there, like, I had the exact same thing in 2015 when the black had split up. I literally was like, right, well, music's dead. Yeah. All, music exists no yeah, more. All no. bands yeah. have just stopped. Yeah. Um, and then I was just, yeah, for about, well, up until we started this, I guess. So the catalyst for starting this was. I was just bored. I was like, there's no front men doing it. Like, I would want to do it myself. So ultimately, there's not that many people who can entertain me. There's probably Frank Carter still left. Jason from Let Live. That's it. Like, they're the only two front men I go and see, actively want to go and see. But otherwise, music felt dead to me. And then Ryan Richards, the drummer from Funeral mm-hmm. for Friend, Future History Management, he said, oh, come on down and see this band Holding Absence in Cardiff. I think you might like them. So I was like, I won't fucking like them. I don't like any bands. Yeah. So I went down there and they were so fucking good. And the crowd there reminded me so much of like back in the day when Kids in Glass, I was in the Black, I were doing shows in Club Eva Bach. They were passionate. They wanted to fucking, they were basically an extension of the band, I guess. Yes. That's a good way. And of that made it. me go, oh, it's still carried on. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. It's carried on. But then finally I was like, oh, cool. It's a band. And then I started getting into more of it. And then, learning about more bands and then when we decided to do this podcast it was just hearing people's stories from anything it's just so inspiring like and I don't want to I you know I don't want I don't want to ask the same question like what's your favorite song to play live and all this shit and where do you get your crazy ideas I just want to hear the stories and tidbits that people don't realize that they're listening to this like so that people are going to be listening to this now who fucking love young guns right Mm. absolutely adore young Mm. guns but don't know these things that have happened behind mm-hmm. the scenes and stuff and that to me is much more interesting and to you things that get you excited is more interesting to me and our listeners than you know the typical answers and yeah. your typical stuff like yeah. that yeah which is why although I've spent a long time avoiding it I'm, <laughs> I'm actually doing it now <laughs> um, but you know on that note two things man you, you fantastic frontman and you Thank belong you. on a stage Thank I always you thought you were absolutely superb I mean the amount of times I would watch you and be like oh he's really going to hurt himself in a second <laughs> uh, I can't remember what for a, fest- a man with no singing talent that's not true but you are a spectacular frontman and I'm glad you're doing it again um, and Holding Absence I think are, are a band that really have something special yeah. um, I think it because it's very genuine the kid Lucas is just like a real talent but the thing is the yeah. stupid fucker does know what good he is <laughs> he's very no but if he did he'd be as good yeah, right? that's, that's, yeah in a way yeah but I just hear him talking all the time and I'm like he's just so like humble and so again doesn't realise how good he is that I want to shake him sometimes. I want to like, bro, you're going to be the Harry Styles of rock, I think. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Well, you could see it. and But I think that, you know, I think that's nice because it. when I was a kid, I loved having, I loved singers in bands that were larger than life and, and were, were I, I couldn't relate to because I, I, I thought they were like, you know, iconic and stuff. But it's, I think it's really important now um, for people to be relatable and for people to be real. Um, and I think someone like Lucas really has those qualities. And I think, I dare say, his audience can really relate to him. And that's probably a key part of their strength and his fantastic voice and the great songs that they have. So I really respect them as a band. I think they're going to do really, really well. Um, 
and there's a bunch of other good bands in the UK but they're for me they're probably the one that I've caught yeah. my eye the most so well, I agree with you on that well there we go Holden Absence is Gustav with approved there we go <laughs> seal of approval that's yeah. probably doomed them, so <laughs> sorry guys yeah don't put that on the album for God's yeah. sake yeah. well uh, Gus as we starting to uh, wind down a little bit here obviously you've mentioned just kind of so many experiences in your life that you're very grateful for yeah is there any in particular that come to mind when you look back at the early days or just everything Young Guns is being able to uh, achieve what kind of sticks out for you in terms of just like certain tours um, moment, like momentum anything like that what, what kind of was there a moment that you thought oh we're actually a pretty big band yeah um, I don't think I ever thought we were a pretty big band because uh, I, c- I had access to my bank account so <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, I think it's a really obvious thing to say, but definitely, I, I grew up in a city, I couldn't really, I would, I'd say this, I never really had the opportunity to travel much as a kid, like my family could never really afford to go on holidays, okay. so I never really flew, maybe once or twice in my life, so to be able to travel with my friends to places I'd always dreamt of going to, but just assumed I never would be able to go to, whether it's Japan or Australia or America even, um, that was a privilege and of course in this time we live in now when really it's so much harder to travel um and there's also questions about should you be flying you know with the state of the world to look look back on that and be like you know i i looked at simon face down unconscious in tokyo in the hotel floor at four in the morning or i've seen you him know, unconscious in australia well you know kind of just, <laughs> Watching Ben run around yeah. half naked in, you know, some place in Taiwan. Yeah. Uh, like, it w- not necessarily that, but to have had all these kinds of experiences all around the world with my friends. And then on top of that, to be able to walk into venues in places that I've never been to before and have people just really want to ha- talk to you and say nice things to you and sing music that you wrote not knowing what you were doing in a bedroom or in like a practice space with your friends just completely blagging it and having it somehow translate to people on the opposite side of the planet is a a pretty transcendent thing so for me i don't know about any one particular experience but all those good shows that we had overseas and and all that kind of stuff would probably be for me oh beautiful and just a couple of uh, other quick things obviously you uh mentioned that you and john had written like so many songs in that kind of period was there ever thought about maybe you two doing like a side project or another band or that or do you just want to keep them in case young guns ever do decide to make a new album yeah we essentially have been writing kind of for two bands um so we have enough material to release a new Young Guns record and a new project record. Um, and I don't want to commit to anything right now, but that essentially has been the game plan. Um, so that's, I'm hoping, what will be happening sooner rather than later. Nice. Yeah, me and him have been working for a long time and I think we've written, I think we've written the best songs we've ever written. So in one way, shape or form, there will be music emerging. Oh, nice. Right, I'm not asking what it is. Have we got a name yet? Uh, yeah. Um, there's a few names at the Ooh. moment. Yeah. Right, cool. Just checking. Yeah. Nice. So cool. All of them are better than younger. <laughs> yeah, so, cool. Although not much. As long as they're better than Wet Leg, yeah. you should be all right, because I'm not accepting that. Yeah. They might be a great band, but I'm you too really, shallow. You really can call your band name. You really can call your band absolutely fucking anything, can't you? Good band name. Absolutely <laughs> fucking anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> AFM. I'm looking forward to, to seeing what is next with Thank all that. But we all as well, you mentioned, you know, we talked about returning for these shows. Uh, what was your first, like, just thought getting back on the stage at that show in London? Um, yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, I was quite nervous. It's just a small show, um, but I mean, it speaks to my kind of lack of. I've always been quite cynical and you know we had we wanted needed to do a warm-up before doing 2000 trees and I thought okay well, you know let's keep it very s- small and if it sells out in a few days or if it sells out at all that'll be a result and it sold out in like seven seconds <laughs> so suddenly something that was supposed to be totally no pressure became really fucking pressurized <laughs> in my head um but I was quite nervous um and I had to just really work on being like just remember that this is fun this is cool and it's a, that's what it's supposed to be just a good time don't stress it's gonna be nice <laughs> um and first note everyone starts singing felt unbelievable and i just thought oh yeah i forgot this is what i'm supposed to do with my yeah. life you know yeah. I, I stumbled in i accidentally ended up playing music and realized it was the only thing i've ever cared about and so 
to be doing it again after five years and have people crying and singing and just really just it was quite probably one of the best nights of my life actually so it was amazing Class. nice nice well, awesome mate. thank you so much for taking the time yes, to do this it's been you. great to see you a lot of people are going to be very excited that this has happened sorry that we've kind of uh, bugged you about it for so long <laughs> no, it, I have to but... apologise for taking so long it was nothing personal it was really just that I was like I, you know timing it's hard yeah. is everything. timing is everything and also you know, until me and the boys had spent time together again as a full five piece, we weren't really sure what was happening. So I think now that's happened, I feel in a bit more of a place to be able to kind of, I suppose, talk to people again and play music again. And, it, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll be doing this again and there'll be new music and new conversations to be had then. Yes. Nice. Well, I, yeah, I can't wait for everything. It's Thank been you, so man. nice to see you in person. It's been so nice to see you back on the stage and yeah, just sending nothing but love from us. Yes. Love you, boys. Thank you. I absolutely loved seeing Gus get into chat with him, getting to spend this time with him was awesome. He seems happy. He seems energized. He seems excited about the future. And that makes me Christmas happy because seeing, yeah, seeing one of my friends do the thing that he loves again is fantastic. So I was absolutely chuffed to see him. I was absolutely honoured that we got to have this chat with him. I know that we made the joke that we have asked him um, a few times. Um, and that's funny, but we have asked him about 7,000 times. I'm, that's not me having a go. I genuinely think this is the perfect time to have done it. I'm glad we didn't do it any sooner. So thank you very much to Gus for giving us this time, giving us this exclusive. We cannot wait to see what is next for all of those boys especially them as a whole as young guns as well. Cheers, guys. Yeah, and as someone who literally grew up in that late 2000s, early 2010s UK music scene, like for me, it was just, it was Christmas. I'm going to use your phrase, Sean. It was Christmas happy seeing bands like that all back together. And I'm really, really excited about everything. That's what's next. And yeah, we make the jokes about it's been a while for us asking and stuff, but uh, been a while. <laughs> but I'm I'm glad I'm glad we got to sit down together backstage at Two Thousand Trees and just kind of have this chat with no pressure and everything. What was funny though, Gus did tell me that um, apparently after that show at the Fighting Cox in London, someone went up to him and begged him to do the podcast. So nice I love that. I love Thank that you very much. Yes. Yes, if you listen to this fucking podcast, right, and you enjoy it, fucking nag your favourite band, because I am up for talking to them, and I'm up for annoying them, right? So let's fucking all go, is it? Tell you what, on Twitter, Instagram, and fucking even Child's app TikTok, right, get in touch with us, at Pod at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D, that's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D, tag your fucking favourite band, let's make them fucking sick of this shit. Billy Joe Armstrong. Let's fucking oh, this is what we should do. Every week we should do like a we should do like a tactical um bombardment. Tactical band, tactical bombardment. They play in Nexus Trees, are you? They're one of the first confirmed headliners. Um them and possibly Deftones. I made that up. I made that up. That wasn't true, but I'm lost, Mog. I've gone too far too soon. <laughs> no, but just teased a lot of different things in there so hopefully you know there'll be some new music from some sort of them as a whole or a different project and hopefully some more shows in the future we can only hope um i'm not i'm not saying anything i'm not putting anything out there this is literally me <laughs> wishing this no uh, next no it sounds like you're saying it next year is the <laughs> is the 10th your anniversary of Bones, and I wouldn't oh. mind seeing that live in full so if they want to do something for that uh, due to my request that would be great so thank you Thank you very much. Yes, please. Yes, we just like to confirm Young Guns are the headliners of Sappening Fest, <laughs> which is taking, <laughs> taking place in 2023 at um, uh, Wembley uh, uh, Stadium, <laughs> Old Trafford, and um, uh, Pendarum Park, which is where Merthyr Tidville play football. It's going to be three different sites that all have the same bands playing the same day as well, just at different times. <laughs> I don't know how 
But yeah, um, have you tried getting a train from Merthyr to Manchester? That's not easy. That's ah, it's not quick piss, either. Oh, anyway, anyway, um, yeah. If you'd like to support happening fest, which is definitely happening in Wembley Stadium, um, Old Trafford, <laughs> and Penarm <laughs> Park in 2023, get in touch with us at patreon.com forward slash happening to show your support for such a brilliant festival. Headliners include the full Queen lineup, <laughs> the OG, the OG lineup, yeah. The OG lineup, yeah. Um, the the Jacksons OG lineup, including Michael. Uh, no hologram. Nirvana. Um, no, oh. no, Nirvana not playing. No, Corn are playing, and <laughs> and everyone's new favorite band, Pig Sevenfold. Yes, and Wet Leg. Don't forget Wet Wet. Ah, uh, uh, Damplim, my Damplim are playing. <laughs> what the. Where the fuck are we going with this? Anyway, <laughs> please support nice. us via Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. If you enjoy what we do, you want us to continue making this on a weekly basis. And if... And do, if they, uh, do they know, Mog? Do they want us <laughs> to keep going? Because I don't think they do. <laughs> if they did, so. right? Yeah, if they did, 200 people who were not part of the Patreon would join this fucking week, wouldn't they? But they won't, because they don't care, man. Fucking hell. Anyway, sorry, there, carry on. There is <laughs> loads of other exclusives and bonus and other things on the uh, Patreon wall for you to dive your teeth into. And you get included in our wonderful Di- community. Wait, wait, wait. There's no <laughs> such thing as dive your teeth into. It's sink you your teeth into. You can't, right. di- <laughs> ah, you can't dive your teeth into anything. I'm not letting you get away with that. I've let you get away with too many fucking mistaken <laughs> sentences lately. Yeah. So here we are. Dive your teeth into this, you mad, but dive your eyes into this. <laughs> this outro is a fucking shambles. There's loads of other things on the Patreon that you can check out. There's a great community of people you can get involved with. They're like a family. Be part Did of the family. Did you say, wait, wait, Patreon. wait. I think you said, <laughs> no. you, I think you said, get involved with, not involved with. <laughs> Oh Patreon.com/sapnin, please for the love of God, join it so I can oh, have please. elocution, elocution less, uh, lessons. Yes. Please, please, please <laughs> join the Patreon, right? So I can give him elec, elec, elec. No, that's the wrong word. Elocution. No, elec. I forgot not to say the word I'm looking for. Right. <laughs> anyway. If you add to the description of this episode, there's loads of names there. Elect- that- electrocuted <laughs> lessons. That's what I want to give him. Electrocuted <laughs> lessons. That I've hopefully spelt correctly. But as always, Sean needs to give him a hoosive shout out to the elite members of our Sapling Podcast Patreon community. Those are the lovely people in the top tiers. Yes, and those names are as follows. Thank you very much to Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwowe, Janelle Caston, Paul Morgan Sean own 2000 trees like a metalcore bird and Ernie Hirschfield. Thank you very much, Paul. Mitch Perry, Dilly Grimwood, Tony Michael, Natasha Morris, Nathan Croshaw, Emma Barber, Kelly Irwin, Sammy G, Kat Besant, Murray Grimwood, Jenny Robertson, Scott Jones, Kieran Olmey, Amy Dawson, Amy Louise, Tom Owen, Stuart, when do bees get married when they meet their honey? Honey like Steve I makes McNaught. That's, that's a reminder. Have we had it? Uh-uh. No Steve I honey. It's all right, though. We've had the Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes <laughs> card game, haven't we? Uh-uh. Ah. Anybody else promise us anything that they haven't given us yet, apart from interviews? Mm. This is going to be something. Yeah, I think Nike, Nike said they were giving us a couple of million. Anyway, thank you very much. Kayla O'Sullivan, Caroline Robinson, Kate Patak, M. Evans Roberts, Martina McManus, Louis Cook, Carl Pendlebury, Danny Eaton, <laughs> Jenny Sexy Boy Munster. Jesus Christ, I need to fuck that up. Thank you very much. James McNaught, Kelly Cannon, Emily Perry, Jason Aredia, John and Emma, Craig Aris, Kalila Keen, Adam Parslow, Ollie Amesbury, Josh, what do you call it when you dip your testicles in glitter? Pretty nuts. Crisp. Uh, thank you very much. Alice Wood, Gary White, Reese Bowring, Kate Stevenson, Kyle Campaign for Steve Vi, Honey, David Smith. I'm fucking trying, Kyle. And last by no means least, Connor Lewins and family. Thank you very much to all of those people. If you would like me to butcher your name or you would like to read your name in the description of this podcast, as Morgan said, check out patreon.com forward slash happening we've gone on too long we've lost the fucking plot during this one 
but I enjoyed it very, very much. Thank you again to Gus for doing this. Thank you very much for Young Guns, for the years of music, entertainment, and great shows. I've enjoyed this very much. I hope you have, Morg. Yes, it's meant a lot. This episode truly has meant a lot, so thank you again so much to everyone in Young Guns, Gus, and everyone for checking this out. Thank you to 2000 Trees Festival, and thank you to everyone who have supported us this festival season being very busy but we've gotten a lot of things and done a lot of things that i'm very proud of tickets for 2000 trees 2023 are available now via dice and at 2000treesfestival.co.uk forward slash tickets and of course we will be back next friday with another very special guest and hopefully we won't be as chaotic no, I like the chaos. I like the chaos. But again, <laughs> just a quick one from me, just to say, literally over the past three months, um, we've got to do Slam Dunk, Download, and 2000 Trees. We've got to do our first ever live podcasts. We've now done four of them. This all wouldn't be possible without your guys' support. So thank you very much to you, to the Patreon people, to the PR people who let us talk to their bands, to the festivals for letting us into the fucking festivals in the first place. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you very much to everybody involved. We love you and we appreciate you. I'm out this bitch. Sapnin! Sapnin! <laughs> Peace! You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. <laughs>